Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It is the international break, so we're going to bring you something slightly different. Andrew Musk here. I'm joined by Dan Wills, who is a sports reporter for local TV. He also helps out at our Everything is Black and White podcast live events. Big Newcastle fan, YouTuber, season ticket holder, and part of the Monday Night Football Club as well. Uh, that you've heard me now and talking about. I think you were there when Aaron did his knee in, weren't you? I was on that fateful night, yes. Was it your challenge? Of course it wasn't my challenge. No, I'm not like that on the football pitch. So with no football, uh, club football to talk about, I've invited Dan in to discuss England because, of course, Newcastle United, full of English players, but only two ever seem to be certain call-ups that's Nick Pope and Kieran Trippier of course Callum Wilson went to the World Cup but with injuries in form he's not been included in the most recent squad and neither has Joe Willick, Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff. So today's topic on the podcast is whether any of those three and then we'll chuck in Callum Wilson as a fourth. We're not going to discuss him as much so we're going to kind of concentrate on Willick, on Byrne and on Longstaff. Do those trio of players have a future in the England squad? should they maybe even be in the most recent England squad? Now, I put this question out on social media. I got quite the response. I'll read some of the responses out later in the episode. Before we press record, Dan, we were just discussing how this episode might go, and I think we both agreed that while we've mentioned Dan Byrne and Sean Longstaff, I think the main focus, really, of the episode is should Joe Willick, A, be in this England squad, and B... What does he have to do to oust the likes of Conor Gallagher and Calvin Phillips from the England setup? You'd think not a lot with the way he's playing, to be honest, and the way they their seasons have gone. Certainly Calvin Phillips has played, what, 60 minutes or something like ridiculous like that. Obviously no fault of his own, you know, through injuries for a long part of the season. Uh, and also Pep Guardiola and his love for rotation. With Conor Gallagher at Chelsea, Chelsea are not having a good season and... We, well, we know Conor Gallagher is a good player. He had a great season with Palace a couple of years ago. But has he set the world on fire? I'd argue not. Joe Willock is playing some of the best football of his career so far. Yes, he's missed a few uh, clear-cut chances in recent weeks. But I think this season as a whole, he's really stepped up the mark. You know, When he first joined Newcastle, obviously, he went on that goal-scoring run uh, where he was getting you know, what was it, eight in a row or something like that under Steve Bruce. And we all ranted and raved about him then for England. But realistically, I think actually now he's a better player. I think there's a lot more to his game and has improved under Eddie Howe. And, you know, I think he's actually deserving of an England call-up. You know, this season, he just seems to effortlessly glide past players. He's probably one of Newcastle's fastest players, certainly with the most pace. I remember in that first, you know, towards the start of the season when we played Man City at home, he had Kyle Walker on toast in that game. And he, he's gone from strength to strength since then. He's had a really good campaign and surely Gareth Southgate has to... Give him a bit of a bit of a look at some point. You would think so. I mean, when the squad was announced, I'll be honest, the discussion in the office was focusing on Callum Wilson won't be in it, Nick Pope will be in it, and then we were talking about uh, obviously Kieran Trippier being in it, and then it was oh, well maybe Dan Byrne, but that was kind of seen as a long shot, and we totally forgot about Joe Willick, and it's only actually over the last few days that I, he's kind of coming to to my mind here, and this is the reason we're doing uh, the podcast. I mean. Since he's returned from injury, obviously he came um, off the bench, didn't he, in the final. He hadn't, hadn't he had picked up the injury in the weeks before that. His form has picked up even even uh, further. You know, he was in a good run of form before the injury, before the cup final. 
and then he hit, then he's back. And the last couple of games, he's played really, really well. And I think him himself must have thought he would have been within a shout for, for this squad, um, but unfortunately not. Yeah, you would have thought he would have been. I think he probably would have thought that as well. As, as I say, with the players that we've already mentioned from the other teams, they're not exactly, as I say, setting the world on fire. So you, he probably was you know, maybe quietly confident he had some sort of a shout, but... We know that Gareth Southgate has his favourites for England. I don't think that's disputed by many people. Uh, Calvin Phillips, of course, did have a great campaign in the Euros a couple of years ago. And that's probably why Gareth Southgate continues to pick him. Uh, Conor Gallagher as well. Obviously, you know, someone who I'm guessing Gareth Southgate mentored during his younger days in the England setup as well. So that's probably why he gets in there. But, you know, Joe Willock, I think he's deserving of it, certainly with the way he's playing, as I mentioned before. You mentioned the others there. Dan Byrne. He's had hit a bit of a rocky patch uh, recently. You know, he, he had a good game against uh, Nottingham Forest, to be fair to him. But overall, in recent weeks, he's not been the Dan Byrne that we've seen at, at his best for Newcastle. I think with Dan Byrne, you know, we all know he's a makeshift left-back. He's not going to play left-back long-term for Newcastle United. He may end up in, in the centre. So maybe that is a reason why he's not included, because at the moment he's playing left-back. And like you say, his form's tailed off a little bit. I thought he was excellent against Wolves good game against Forrest but when you're playing top level international oh, you're going to have Dan Burnett left back even though he's probably uh, you know justified being within the conversation you're not going to have him at centre back because Gareth Southgate likes the likes of Harry Maguire John Stones um, but I mean Eric Dyer. I mean again is the, is the issue here and obviously we report on Newcastle we support Newcastle so listeners who aren't in that same bracket will say, oh, aren't you being a bit biased towards Newcastle United players? But I think if you take the blinkers off, I'd still be asking the same questions. I think everyone's asking the question about Calvin Phillips. I think you can throw Eric Dyer into there. What are these players doing to justify their inclusion in the England squad? It seems to me that it's based on, it's picked on, who Gareth Southgate likes. He likes to keep a familiarity around the, 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 the camp. It's working to a degree, but... If you're not winning World Cups, European Championships, that only gets you so far. I mean, that's the end goal. It's clearly not working 100%. So why isn't he allowing other players in that isn't that you know he's he's not picked before? I think Eric Dyer is a good point there. Certainly, he's one of Southgate's favourites. He's been in you know the vast majority of Southgate's squads with England, but his form compared to what he once was when he first burst, on, burst onto the scene, you know, God knows how many years ago it was now has really tailed off. Some Spurs fans were saying he had an alright start to this season uh, when Spurs did okay, but look, and we're not saying Dan Byrne should be starting for England because there's no chance of that. But realistically, he could be within a shout of you know the, the overall squad and perhaps in like a friendly match get, get himself a cap. Uh, as, as I say, I think there's certainly an argument to suggest he's been better than Eric Dyer this season. I mean, obviously Tottenham are still ahead of Newcastle on the table, but realistically... For now, for now. For, well, for now, yes, but Newcastle have also conceded a lot fewer goals than Tottenham as well. So from Dan a Burns played a major exactly, part in from, that. Exactly, from a, from a defensive point of view, in to be in the squad, Dan Byrne possibly could be there. So, yeah, this is what frustrates me about Gareth Southgate a lot, because, yes, he's given us as England supporters some great moments and some great memories in World Cups and in, in European Championships. But ultimately, he's never quite got us over the line. And whether that comes down to some of the, the favourites he picks or some of the tactical decisions he makes, 
it's I think it's a mixture of both. Is that the final ingredient that's missing, perhaps, to getting England over the line? Is that you have to start picking a few more players based on form. It's all yeah. nice, as we as I've mentioned there previously, to have this lovely group, this lovely atmosphere. Players clearly want to play for England, but that only gets you so far, you know. Why not pick a Joe Willock who has come back from injury and he's been an absolute powerhouse? We all sat here thinking, oh, goodness me, Joe Linton's missing two games. How are Newcastle going to cope? You know, he's been Newcastle's most consistent performer this season. Joe Willock comes in. It's like Joe Linton, you know, I didn't even think about Joe Linton against, against Wolves or Forest because Joe Willock just performed so well. He deserves to be in that squad. And I think Southgate, to get to that next level... He does. He has to open the door because I, I think it risks becoming a kind of a boys' club. It's a close. Mm-hmm. It's a close group. That's not good. Yeah, it's. I mean, I can understand them wanting to maintain that squad harmony and that sort of feel-good factor around the camp by having perhaps some of the nucleus of the squad that has taken them so far in other recent tournaments. That's understandable, but again, some of it has to be picked on form and not your favourites. And when even when, and when your favourites are not performing well. Unfortunately, if you if you're wanting to, you know, come across as ruthless and actually, you know, show that you have the the willingness to to drop players and do what needs to be done to to win these big international matches, I think you've got to drop some of these players. And Southgate, I don't think has him has it in him to do that. Unfortunately, which is a shame because you know he's he's gotten us so close, but just not quite over the line. And I think that's the the issue. He's perhaps maybe a little bit too nice, um, and obviously in other in other situations has got major calls wrong. You know, obviously in the European Championship final, we all know bringing players on at the last minute for penalties is realistically not a great idea. Let's talk a bit more about Calvin Phillips. And obviously, in the squad, hasn't made a Premier League start for Manchester City this season. Had a horrific time really since his big move from from Leeds he's been linked funnily enough with a move to Newcastle and when we spoke about this a few weeks ago me and Aaron we both said well no not a chance because he just he's not fit enough why would you spend or you know, whether it's 60 million on bringing him to Newcastle or whether it's a part uh, deal on, on Bruno Gummeresh why would you allow that I mean no one's going to allow Bruno to go but let's say it was going to happen why would you allow that for a player who's not you know, really been in a competitive streak for 12 months. It makes absolutely zero sense so to have him not only in the squad, but to start him as well. I mean, that is a massive, massive show of faith from Gareth Southgate. But last night against Italy, he looked rusty. You could tell he's a player who's barely played. And it, it, it just goes to, again, raise the question of, of what is Southgate doing? Why not pick players on form? And, and it's not just about Joe Willick, you know. Um, James Madison comes into this conversation as yeah. well. There's other he players. He the squad, but he's not getting any game time, is he? And he's a man who's in who's in good form. You know, I think again we take off on your castle blinkers. This is an overarching question. You know, there are players out there who are in good form who are not getting picked. I mean, you look striker wise. I think the striker department's a little bit different. I think that's probably the most open bracket of it all. You're always going to have Rashford, and you're always going to have Kane if fit. And then it's a little bit open, not Tony deservedly in. But, you know, there's no Watkins. Watkins is in a good run of form. And I think the issue is in midfield, you know, there will be players sitting there scratching their heads thinking, well, what more have I got to do to, to get into this squad? Because Calvin Phillips can sit on the bench or just come off the treatment table and still get a, get a start. 
it's 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 baffling. It begs the question, doesn't it? You know what? As as you quite rightly say, what do they have to do? And it must be really frustrating as well when you know someone like Joe Willock is sat there at home thinking, you know, I've performed well all season in a Newcastle side that are challenging for Europe, and I'm a regular starter in this team as well. And Calvin Phillips, albeit he's playing for Man City, who of course are challenging for the title, but has hardly kicked the ball this season. Yeah, he's, he's not played a part, has no, he? Really? He's hardly kicked the ball this season. You know, he, he got his big money move from Leeds, his boy club in the summer, where he was performing. There's no denying that Calvin Phillips is a good player and performed has performed really well for England at the Euros two years ago and for Leeds United. But since then, what what has he done? And you, you well, Southgate could argue, well, look, it, his past performances merit me, you know, showing loyalty and faith in him. But that's ridiculous. It, You're only as good as your, your, oh, your well, previous I, no, 90 minutes, I know. isn't it? I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with Gareth Southgate, but I'm just saying that's what his argument would be. But I don't agree with it because I don't think he deserves to be in the England squad, never mind starting a game, considering, as I say, he's hardly kicked a ball. Do you think it'll ache Joe Willock a little bit more that he didn't even seem to be in the conversation? I heard people, mm. Boosie 5 Live, for example, I think it was Chris Sutton was asked, is Dan Byrne a little bit unfortunate not to be in the squad? And he said, yeah, you, yeah, you could maybe argue so. But I never heard Joe Willock being talked about. He's, he seems to be quite underlooked, doesn't he? Sort of flying under the radar a little bit. I mean, obviously, we as Newcastle supporters see him week in, week out, and we see the, the good performances that he's putting in. But for some reason, perhaps around the rest of the country, he's just not getting that, that mention. And... You know, you can you can argue is is Southgate influenced by the conversations that people have to next? I'd probably say mostly no, because he clearly picks his favourites to be honest. But even then, even if he was, there's not a lot of other chat about Joe Willock going about, which is, from my point of view, a real shame. Let me throw a conspiracy theory your way, and I don't agree with this. Although I can see, I can see why some may put it forward. If Joe Willock was playing for a Chelsea, or if he was still at Arsenal in this current form, would he be in the England squad? <laughs> I honestly, I, I I don't think it would make much of a difference. I, I'm going to agree with you there, Andrew, and say it's. I don't think there's a conspiracy against Newcastle because if there was, he wouldn't be picking Kieran Trippier, or or Nick Pope, or even taking Callum Wilson to the World Cup over Ivan Tony when he did. So I don't think there's a conspiracy against Newcastle United from Gareth Southgate, but I just think it's more just of a shame for Joe Willock that he's just not in these conversations at all when realistically he should be. Mm, definitely, definitely. But maybe that throws a challenge down to him to consistently play mm. at the level he has. Let's read some of the comments then I got from social media. Uh, Pablo Blanco at How's the Bacon. Lovely little uh, <laughs> at there. Um, Willick is streets ahead of anyone in the current squad that plays in his position, Bar Bellingham, who is more central than Joe and Foden, both who are generational talents. He's more effective than Grealish in and out of possession and carries the ball better. Nathan says the ship has sailed for Dan Byrne. I don't think he fits the wing and play. Sean Longstaff and Willick would both have quite a few players ahead of them currently, but it's not out of the realms of possibility that Willick gets into contention should his current uh, form continue. Uh, Liam, now this is an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on this one. Liam says none of these three will be starting for Newcastle. Uh, and all of them will be playing for mid-table teams the year after. Nowhere near good enough to play for England. Now, now, I don't think Dan Byrne will be first choice left back next no. season. I think Newcastle will go out and they will get a new left back, and then Matt Target will play 
second fiddle to whoever that might be. I can see a big money spending uh, signing their left back. I think Sean Longstaff is an interesting one. We haven't really spoken about Sean Longstaff in this episode, despite mentioning him at the start. I think his position is the one that's really under threat. When Joe Linton comes back from suspension, everyone's fit. I think Joe Linton, uh, Joe Linton will come back in, and I think Sean Longstaff will drop out. Sean Longstaff's form has picked up. He's risen to the challenge. I think he was probably well aware that he, you know, his career was under threat. You know, He had to really step it up. He has done. I think in recent weeks, it's dropped off a little bit. He wants too much time on the ball. I don't know if he's a, if he's a top four midfielder. That being said, Newcastle, or at the very least, you would think going to be in the Conference League. Um, they're going to need squad depth. So he's, I don't think he's going to go necessarily go anywhere unless he pushes to go. Will he be first choice? I don't think so. I think they'll go out and get another midfielder. But Joe Willock, though, I think he stands a real chance of you know, being one of those core stones in Newcastle's foundation for a long long time to come. The argument I would make for both Joe Willock and Sean Longstaff is they're still both young and learning as well. So they have time on their side to, to push on and improve their you know, capabilities as footballers. But if it's McTominay or Sean Longstaff... Who are you I mean, picking? They're, but they're two sort of different types of players, I would argue, though, because I'd say McTominay's played a bit deeper than Longstaff this season. True, but then isn't Longstaff playing that deeper role when Bruno's been... Yeah, you could, I mean... Because I if, if McTominay comes in, you would you would, you would assume it'll still be alongside this, Joe Linton and Bruno. Mm, this is why the, the McTominay rumours don't make a lot of sense to me, because I don't think he's any better than Short and Longstaff. Oof, that's a call. I, I, it, it's it's my honest opinion. I mean, look, Sean Longstaff. I mean, I've been his critic at times. I've often said he turns too slowly on the ball. Anyone's, as you quite rightly say, a bit too much time on the ball. But there's no denying he's a Premier League footballer. Whether he's a top four footballer is a different matter. But in as as you say, if we're in Europe for the seasons to come, he's going to be wanted to be a, around that squad and and will be very good to have as a as an alternative. But yeah, I, I mean, Scott McTominay. Is is he in any way massively a upgrade on Sean Longstaff? What I will say, and we were talking about this in the office before actually, that I think the transfer team in Newcastle have, have pretty much done everything spot on when it comes to transfers. You could maybe argue Chris Wood is, is the one outlier. You know, they've obviously scouted him, they've put together you know a report, they like what they see. There's something there. They sign him, you, you know, you trust them, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Dan. Um, Angel NUFC, Willick is the only one who has a chance, but she would rather no one gets picked, so we don't pick up any injuries. Uh, Willick is nowhere near the current England squad played. Uh, uh, this person is making a joke. Yeah, so this is one of the, uh, he plays outside the Watford Gap kind of points. Yeah. Um, his club is north of the M62, says this this, this uh, listener. Um <laughs> Paul says if Willick was playing for a Premier League side in the capital, he would be in the England squad. Uh, Ryan says Willick is better in better form than Henderson, Gallagher and Phillips. Different style of midfielder, but we don't need all of them in the squad, especially when they barely play club football. I'd argue, argue Willick is in better form than Madison currently. Uh, Kevin says Willick won't get in the squad until Southgate leaves. Uh, Danny says if Willick continues his improvement and we are all successful, I could see him getting in. The squad, he has it all. I mean, the other interesting point is is Conor Gallagher, strongly linked to Newcastle um, in the summer and the mm-hmm. January before that. And again, another name that's been thrown in the mix for the summer coming. 
I guess from a Newcastle point of view, the fact that we're talking about these players in the England squad, they're in there because they're, they're deemed to be the best of the best and Newcastle are being linked to them. It shows you where Newcastle are aiming for this summer and, and, and the windows to come. Yeah, it, it just shows where Newcastle are as a club at the moment, doesn't it? I just want to go back to one tweet. Um, I think it was on saying Joe Willick is similar to Drew Bellingham. And I think that's actually true. I saw a stat yesterday that... It showed players that are similar to Jude Bellingham and I think it was Gavry and Pedri were the, the top two. This is from the Affleck, wasn't yeah, it? And then, drop, and, don't worry, you can drop the name drop. And then Joe Willock was third after those, if I remember rightly, showing that you know he, he is certainly capable of perhaps not exactly emulating the, the, the ability of Jude Bellingham. We know how good he is for his age as well. But certainly producing... Performance is good enough to get him in the England squad with that sort of ability that Joe Willock is showing week in, week out. So, yeah, I think the Willock things, it, it is, as, as I've sort of mentioned to death already on this podcast, it is a frustration that he's not being considered. Um, but to, to answer some of the other tweets, I don't think it's because he plays for Newcastle. Um, Nicholas says, sadly for Joe, the problem is he's an alternative to Jude Bellingham. Were Bellingham to be missing for an international game and Joe can keep his form, then he deserves a chance. Dan Byrne has done wonders for us this season, but Chilwell and Shaw are much better left-backs. They're natural left-backs to the stars, aren't they? That's what we were saying as well, because that's what Newcastle need, I think, to push forward. Now, obviously, a lot of talk about what Southgate would do with his future in the summer, and he stayed on. Um, I mean, I think people of this podcast know I'm not a big fan of international breaks, so... just international football in general. I, I watch the tournaments, but I watch more because I love love football rather than watching England. Um, what are you, Dan? Are you, are you a big fan of the internationals? And I are mean, you happy Southgate look, stayed on? When it comes to international football, I do get bored in the international break because there's not as much football going on from a, a Premier League point of view. And so I, I'm not going to go and sit and watch, say, Liechtenstein versus Armenia, for example. Um but I do always watch the England games, whether it be a friendly or whether it be a qualifier. I, I am an avid England watcher, regardless of the situation. And obviously I watch them in the major tournaments as well. So, I mean, obviously with the whole club of a country thing, I'm, I, that's something I prefer not to answer because I'm you know, very loyal to both. But after the, the World Cup, I was of the opinion Southgate had taken England as far as they could have go, go, sorry, gone under him. So I would have been happy for a, a, a fresh start. Because uh, I, I think in that France quarter-final, again, he made the wrong tactical decisions a little bit. Um, especially when England were on top and he took Bagai Osaka off. He was you know, tearing France to shreds down that right-hand side. But him staying, I guess, thankfully removes all speculation about Eddie Howe, doesn't it? So we'll well, yes, and, but, and of course, at the same time, then Potter went to Chelsea. I think if Potter hadn't have gone to Chelsea, I think in Southgate had left, I think that was sort of a, a shoe in there. What? But that didn't happen, of course. On On... The whole the Joe Willick should he should he, you know, be in the in the squad. We've mentioned their Conor Gallagher, we've mentioned their Calvin Phillips, and we've we've said, you know, there'll be other players. So James Ward Prowse, for example. Mm. Should he be in this squad? No. No. No, not James Ward Prowse. Not for me at this point. Southampton languishing towards the bottom of the Premier League, which, you know, isn't just down but, to him. That's but, not just down but, to him. You know, the the reason they've still got a chance of survival, you would argue, is because of him, you know, and and I look at that, and again, people of this podcast will know it's because you're a big fan of James Ward Well, yes, I am, but you know, 
he's arguably in better form than someone like Conor Gallagher, where Chelsea are ninth or tenth and, and massively underperforming. Southampton in a relegation battle is exactly where you expect to find Southampton. And I just wonder how the form tallies up, you know. I'd argue though if Ward was a better player, he'd be at a better club by now. I think in the summer he will be. But Ward Prowse, though, I, I'm not, I don't know. Like, he, Are you not sold on him? No, not, no. I should have vetted you before I allowed you on this podcast. No, I'm not, I'm not sold on James Ward Prowse. And honestly, that is the end of the show. Goodbye, Dan. <laughs> I honestly think James Ward Prowse, you know. Are you going to say he's overrated? Yes, I think he's he, he, he's he's looked upon fondly because of his set piece ability. And obviously, there's no denying how good that is. You know, obviously, one of the. So are you saying James Ward Prowse is. And Sean Longstaff is better than James Ward Prowse? I wouldn't necessarily say Sean Longstaff is better than James Ward-Prowse, but I wouldn't sign James Ward-Prowse and take Sean Longstaff out of the team. Some big, big calls. That's what we like on this podcast. Some big calls being made there, right? Who else then, who's not in the England squad, could maybe consider themselves hard done by this time around, do you reckon? I mean, obviously, I know he is in the England squad, but I think James Madison deserves more minutes on the pitch, certainly, for the form he's had all season. Unless they've not had a good season, but he's been a shining light in that. And to be fair... They've started to improve a little bit now, and he's still up with there with that form, both scoring goals and assisting them as well. He is really their creative spark, so I think he deserves some minutes on the pitch. And then, I mean, as I say, who who else could it really be? I, Ollie Watkins. Ollie, Ollie Watkins. Yeah, you you could argue. I suppose Aston Villa have ha, they're doing okay. You know, sat mid table. He's scoring a few goals for them. Unai Emery has got them relatively stable. They're so Aston Villa are sort of like that team at the minute where they're not going down, but they're not going any further up the league really, are they? Because they 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 win some, but then they they lose just as much as well. They're sort of very much a bang in the middle Premier League team this season. So yeah, you you could argue Ollie Watkins. I mean, I, I, I don't know actually who else. Because we can't name anyone else. Are we saying that he's pretty much got it spot on? Minus minus Joe Willick. Then are we are we saying? Harvey Barnes, perhaps? Harvey, well, he hasn't had the best of season, but he, he scored, what was it, recently, I think. But, yeah, I, I, I think, I think honestly, Joe Willock is the most hard done by, to be honest. And that's with your Newcastle... Yeah, because, uh, like, racking my brains now, honestly, I'm not really sure who else, you know, could be going into that squad. And I, th- and I think when you look at who is in that squad, when you look at Calvin Phillips and you look at Conor Gallagher, are they... On form at the moment, any better than Joe Willock? Morgan Gibbs White, perhaps? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just naming just off naming it, n- yeah. random, just naming. No, n- not, not. I wouldn't say so. No, I think the most hard done by is Joe Willock. I think Longstaff, but perhaps not so much. And Dan Byrne is realistically never going to get in ahead of Luke Shaw, Ben Chilwell. You could argue he could merit a. A call up into the squad and get a cap and a friendly that doesn't really matter or mean anything has Callum Wilson's chances of, of really making himself in England uh, regular past you think he's getting obviously he's getting into his 30s now and I'm, I'm, I know 30 certainly is not the retirement age in football at all uh, but certainly recently he would appear to have lost a yard of pace or two I mean, he's not going to get ahead of Isaac, is he? Unless a oh, miracle no. occurs. So Isaac's phenomenal, but that's for another podcast, I presume. Uh, but yeah, he's he's lost a yard of pace. But, you know, even even when he came on, I think was it against Wolves after Isaac went off. Isaac had pressed hard for 60, 70 minutes, 
Wilson came on and even with fresh legs, didn't put their goalkeeper under half as much pressure or their back line under half as much pressure as Isaac had been doing for the you know two thirds of the game. And there is an issue some that were there with Callum Wilson. I mean, obviously he's he's shown that he's very good at modelling all Newcastle shirts this week, but on the pitch, something's not quite there. I think he's. I, th- I do think his opportunity to make himself a regular feel because I can't see Ivan Tony's form. Dipping. And Tony, of course, is younger as well and has more years yeah. in him to cement that yeah. place. And for all we talk about him not picking on form, like this, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think the strikers is one way he really he, has to. He, pick yeah, on he has to. Himself. I mean, as I say, Kane will always get in because it's Harry Kane and he's the England captain. And Rashford uh, this season has been unplayable at times. And to be fair, I think when the World Cup came around, I think Wilson was the better bet than Ivan Tony at that point because he actually was scoring and looked good. But since then, Tony has been much. But then, obviously, the thing with Ivan Tony is, is he facing a ban? potential ban? Yeah, that's the. I mean, obviously, Garcia get said while he's still available to play, why wouldn't you pick him? I mean, would you sign him in the summer? Would you bring him back to Tyneside? I mean, it, I, it, I think if you offloaded Wilson, he would be an ideal replacement. But it's obviously it's it's the unknown at the minute as to what's going to happen with this, with this potential ban. I mean, if. Judging by other people who have been in the same similar scenario, you'd probably think he is going to get some sort of punishment. But that might play out over the over the yes, summer. Yes, ha- how severe is... that is we, remains to be seen. But it's we'll 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 see. I think if that if the ban was not a case, yes, brilliant mm-hmm. signing, and could be an ideal replacement for Callum Wilson. So let's get back to the the main topic then. So this current squad that was named last week and played against it, you know, the other game. Against they've got Ukraine on Sunday. There we go. Do you know someone did just tell us that, and it's gone straight out of the one in one year out of the other against Ukraine um, this weekend. Joe Willick should be in this current day squad. Yes, I think I think a game against Ukraine. Now, you know, respect to Ukraine, I think it's England beat them four 0 in the Euros two years ago, and I don't think they should realistically ever going to improve that much since then. And of course, you know, obviously with other circumstances as well. So. I think that's an ideal game for someone like Joe Willock to win an England cap and show that he can perform on the international stage in front of a home crowd in England. Who are you kicking out of that squad then? Is it Phillips? Is it Gallagher? Gallagher. Gallagher. I'd, say. Oh. I, I'd, I'd argue Gallagher. I mean, I know we've mentioned the whole favourites thing, but Phillips has shown he can perform in an England shirt, whereas Gallagher has he? Really? See, there's the, this isn't on you. This is the, I think this is the issue Southgate's got. There's so many mixed messages, you know, because he's got his favourites, you know, and then we're saying, well, it's and if you've shown you can do it previously, you've got a chance of getting in. And it's just like, it's, it's for me, that's that's just wrong. Like, how can Calvin Phillips be in this England squad? It makes no sense. No, I, I, Andrew, no I, sense. I, I agree with you completely. I do. It. He doesn't deserve to be in it. He's hardly played all season. He's been ravaged by injury. He's not been picked when he has been See, picked. If you're kicking Conor Gallagher out, and I don't think Conor Gallagher's had the best of seasons. I mean, what, 24 appearances, one goal, one assist. If I could take them both out, I would. But I think if you had to pick one, I'd pick Okay, well, well, let's take Gallagher out and you put Joe Willock in, then take Calvin Phillips out and put someone else in. Is there any... Put James Ward-Prowse in. Ooh. <laughs> but not Sean Longstaff, I don't think. Um, I, but I, what my point there is, I think if you take... Conor Gallagher for Joe Willick, you'd be, in your Conor Gallagher, you'd be raging. I think you'd be looking at the side and say, well, how is he in? Phillips hasn't even played. 
the, it, it's true to be fair. There I mean, different players. I think the, the point I was making was more Conor Gallagher is perhaps more similar to Joe Willock than Calvin Phillips is. And no, but no Dan Byrne in the current squad. No, I, no. I mean, I, I actually feel for Matt Target a little bit, to be honest, because you know he's been ostracised from Newcastle starting 11 this season, realistically through no fault of his own. I mean, yes, he had a bit of an injury towards the start of the season, but... Hey, just damn big Dan Byrne performing yeah, well. I mean, that's Dan what Byrne's he wanted, isn't really it? Good, and, you know, credit to Dan Byrne for keeping him out of the squad as well, because Matt Target was brilliant he, when he came in last season. He needed season. a performance against Wolves, and he, and he, and he did it. And, yes, because he, he, he'd had a few weeks, as I mentioned earlier, where he... You know, he looked a bit shaky, um, made a couple of mistakes here and there. But then again, all of Newcastle's defence have made their, their odd mistake in recent weeks. You know, we saw Sven Botman make one against Forrest. We saw uh, Kieran Trippier make one against Wolves, both of which led to goals. So Dan Byrne hasn't done that, to be fair. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think he is right for the England squad at the moment. And going forward, looking ahead to the next major tournament, the next, the next set of fixtures are we saying are we saying realistically just Joe Willick has has a chance I mean obviously if we sign another England player yeah yeah that, that, that comes then, then you have a different argument but out of those three Willick Byrne Longstaff it's Willick it, it has to be Willick I mean obviously what year 2024 in Germany is over a year away and you'd imagine, given the form he's currently in, Joe Willock will still be at Newcastle, even if we do go in a bit of a spending spree in the summer. You'd imagine that he'll still, as you mentioned before, will be in that core uh, sort of rotation in, in the midfield three, as Eddie Howe likes to play the 4-3-3. And so with that being said, if if Joe Willock is still performing the way he has been this season in a year's time, I don't see why not. And perhaps, you know, It gives him a year to at least get in some international break squads, whether that be qualifiers, whether that be Nations League, or whether that be friendlies. So he has every chance if he keeps performing this way, and I'm, I'd love to think that he could get into that conversation more often. Mm, 100%. He's just got to keep going the way he's gone in the last couple Perhaps of weeks. Perhaps take a few more of the chances. I think that's the one thing that has let him Add down. goals. Yes. He scored a couple of this season, good ones, but you know he missed a sitter against Forest. The last couple of games we did, he did, we've, we've just seen a different side to his game, a bit more you know, driving forward. You know, with a bit of intending, I think I think you could say this season is as good as his form has been. He's he's kind of maybe he's gone under the radar, but not maybe in the way you would like him to. You know, whereas mm-hmm. the last few games since this injury, he's been the one that's really driven Newcastle forward. I feel uh, good speed, control of the ball, and just really looking to create things. We just need to see more of that on a consistent basis, and he'll definitely be in with a shout. If you could combine the clinical finishing of COVID, Joe Willock, with the overall player he is now. 30 million would look like an absolute snip, wouldn't it? Yes. It would. Well, there we have it. This has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you very much to Dan Wales for joining us. Where can our listeners find you, Dan? On local TV. So if you're watching on television on Freeview, it's Channel 7. Virgin, I believe it's 159. We're not on Sky anymore, unfortunately. But every night, quarter past six, do look out for the sports bulletins where you'll see me. There we have it. Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, hit that follow and like button and leave us a rating and review. And we'll be back next week looking ahead to that massive game against Manchester United at St James's Park.